Welcome everyone to the One More Game Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jeremy Culver, aka Darcy, and with me is Texas's most wanted, Isaac Campos. Isaac, how you doing, man? Doing good. I was just telling you, I got my new PC. Yeah. It's all set up, except it's the old graphics card, so I don't get that much of a performance boost on my games. But it's a little bit, you know. I noticed it when I was when I tried it yesterday. Um, but yeah, I'm good. Uh, how's how's Zara? I know she was sick. She's she's doing better. She's uh, still like she's back to her normal, I guess, energy level and self in that regard. But when it comes to uh, her her um, poop, because that's what she was having issues with, uh, it's still not fully formed. Um, so she's on some medicine right now to try to help that and see if it's if it's working. And at least this morning she had firm firm stools, so we're good. And uh, hopefully it stays that way. But um, yeah, we just came back from a walk. She's she's tired. She's sleeping next to me because uh, she was just very energetic this morning or this after I got off work. And I knew that if I didn't take her on a walk before the podcast, she was <laughs> yeah. gonna be disruptive. So we we took it. We took care of that ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, but, I like to. Yeah, I like to take them out to a walk too because or else my dogs just be running around barking. Ugh. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's good that she's doing better. And obviously, I mean, our listeners may be dog lovers. They may like those, but uh, I don't think they want to hear the barking of it. They just want to see them. No. (laughs) And my dogs, well, one of them, she just makes a weird noise when they're playing. I don't know what it is, but it's just, that would be annoying. (laughs) Yeah. Well, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the One More Game podcast. This is a podcast that is designed to make sure you're informed in all the video game news that is happening around the world, whether it is PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, or the Sega Genesis. We will tell you all about it if we think you need to know about it. When you guys are listening to this on your respective podcast services, please hit the follow button or the subscribe button, depending on which one it is on your service. That really helps us out. And if your podcast service allows reviews, please leave a five-star review and tell everyone why you love the One More Game podcast, because as well, that really helps us out uh, on as well. If you want to be part of the show and you want to email in a question, please email pressstartgaming28 at gmail.com. That is press start gaming 28 at gmail.com with the subject line question for the show and we will include it on a future episode but if you guys are returning again you know we start every episode out talking about what we've been playing lately so isaac what have you been playing lately all right pretty much destiny all week i haven't played anything else you know season of the lost gotta grind those levels although i don't like grinding power levels every season it gets really annoying like, Bungie, just please make it just, you know, 50 levels at the big expansion. I don't want to be doing this year-round, you know? Mm-hmm. Power leveling, pinnacle grinding gets annoying. Uh, but, you know, new story mission. We got two new story missions. Um, new guns to grind. New uh, seasonal activity. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's Destiny. But I'm really looking forward to the Witch Queen. So, that's what I got my eye, eyes on right now. Um, but you you did a raid I this did. last week. I did. All thanks to you. You brought me into yeah. a raid. I did what? What was it called again? Uh, we did the Deepstone Crypt, Deep which Stone I think is Crypt. like the easiest raid out of the bunch. That no, that was the hard. That's the hardest raid ever, no, and I was no. very accomplished and did a lot of things because you I am are. very I can, good. 
I can get you to the hard way, you know. I can get you in there. <laughs> I just trying to, you know, stroke my ego a little bit. But uh yeah, you could tell you could tell people about it and how how you felt I performed and it's okay. You can be you can be ruthless if you have to. No, you did you did good. I, I, I literally explained things to you once and you were like, Okay, I got it and you you did it. You know, we had a few wipes, but it wasn't because of you, it was because collectively we just kinda messed up. Uh but yeah, you did you did great. I, like I said, I told you how did how things work once and you were like okay i got it <laughs> and you had it let's go that's what it took i was i was very nervous i won't lie i was super nervous that i was gonna mess it up and uh i was especially because that was of course the same day that zyra was having her incidents so like right. sometimes i had to get up and like st- step away and i was just like oh man i'm gonna mess this up and we're gonna be i'm gonna be the reason we wiped but I felt I did good, so hearing you say I did good makes me feel. Yeah, good. and even in the the platforming part, which is where most newer people struggle. Yeah, I mean, you were fine. Thank God, Mario. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, we talked about it a little bit. I yeah. I just asked you what you thought, and you were like, "Oh, it, it was good," but give me a little bit more, uh, like more detail. Like, what, what did you think of the raid? Uh, I personally thought it was, uh, I thought it was fun. Like I said, I thought it was, I thought it was good. Um, I was glad that you guys kind of, or especially you kind of assigned me some of the easier types of tasks, uh, especially for it being my first raid ever. And, you know, it was basically like, I remember the first room you're like, you're just going to kill. And I'm like, I got that. I could shoot. <laughs> I got that. But I liked it. I liked, uh, the, the coordination that it did take between party members, uh, you know, I think I've told you this before, but of course, I really love RPGs, and part of the fun in RPGs is trying to figure out a strategy on what it takes to take down the various bosses the first time you come across them and things of that nature. So having that in the in the Destiny was, was nice. Um, I did feel like I struggled when it came to damage output sometimes, so like that did make me go, man, like this... Well, this isn't going just, as well. As you don't other. have the best weapons, so that yeah. that was expected. Yeah, but but I th- I thought it was I thought it was fun overall. I thought it was good, and uh, you know, shout outs to the rest of the the party members that you brought in. They did make it a lot easier, in my opinion, to be a part of the group. Like you didn't have any sour apples or anybody that like no. you know gave me a hard time for it being my first time. Everyone was really nice and chill and stuff, so it made it overall an enjoyable experience. And yeah, I'm like. You know, I haven't gotten to play a lot of Destiny this week after that, um, but I'm looking forward to, you know, or I shouldn't say I'm looking forward to the grinding, but I'm looking forward to getting to the point where I can do some of these other raids as well than what we did already. So Right, and and now we got some of our other friends tied in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now we can get, you know, a whole a whole a whole raid team going with our circle of friends. Yeah, so I, that would be fun. We definitely got a lot of people. I got, you know... Uh, two other people besides the two that I've already told you about that are into it, and one of them you know, uh, you know our our faithful listener and friend Kyle, uh, he's into it. But uh, my best friend and his brother in law also is now into Destiny because he saw we both were in it, picked it up, and was like, "This is actually a lot of fun." So we're we're just grabbing a lot of people off the streets and getting people ready for the Witch Queen. We're gonna have a a, a full full on teammates uh, or clan going on by the end of this if we keep it up. Um, I'm gonna convert every listener to a Destiny player. <laughs> All right, that's hashtag uh, goals set out. <laughs> um, 
outside of that, I played, I got to play a little bit before the day before. I played finally a little bit of the Great Ace uh, Attorney Chronicles. Winnie and I decided to finally have kind of like a, a, a game night together. And so we played that. She had a lot of fun. I, of course, already knew the premise and like how things work with it. I've just not played those games since they weren't released in the west prior to it but i was having a lot of fun going through it and then of course we were like doing the talking and debating back and forth on what evidence should we present like what questions uh or what testimony should we you know try to to pick apart things of that nature so really enjoyed that um i got to also play a little bit of of um, I think it was Caligula Effect. I think I did get to play that a little bit on Monday. Uh, but then last night, in I'm using this to kind of segue into um, kind of our talks because I am going to be writing an article about it, hopefully, by before uh, Monday. But there, I was playing the demo on Steam for, it's called Tyrion Cuthbert Attorney for the Arcane or something of that nature, something close to that. And basically, it is a... Um, it is a Ace Attorney-like game made by an indie developer, and he, he full-on says in the, the listing that he is a huge fan of, um, of the Ace Attorney games, and he wanted to make one like it. So if you play it, you're going to see a lot of things that he did uh, uh, kind of take from Ace Attorney. Like, you'll see some kind of the, the you know, objection type line, and you'll see some of the body language that is used in it. And, of course, it still plays out in court because it is attorney attorney game. But it's a lot of fun. It's really well polished for a person who's still making it and still uh, an indie developer, so, like, he doesn't have a large team. Uh, it is currently on Indiegogo. Uh, which is like Kickstarter for support uh, to try and help with finishing the game. I'm not through the demo. I'm I'm about an hour in, and it's I'm still not done with it. And the demo is the first, the whole first act of the game. Uh, currently on Indiegogo, I'm trying to load it up real quick. Uh, you can get the game if you want to support it now for twenty dollars. The deluxe uh, deluxe edition is thirty five dollars, and he is at. Oh, just over halfway to his goal of $15,965 of the $30,000 goal that he is doing, but he does have it in here, and so it is important to keep this in mind if you do support the game. It is a flexible goal, which means like he will still get the money even if it doesn't meet the goal to help him finish the game. So if you want to see this game get finished, go support it. If you want to just check it out, uh, it has the Steam page. Of course, it has the Indiegogo page. And on YouTube, it has the crowdfunding trailer for you to check out. But it's a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I think it's. I think it could be a great, uh, a great game to keep your eye on if you enjoy the detective-type games and the Ace Attorney-like games. So, yeah. I'm going to play one of the great Ace Attorney games because you convinced me about... I don't know. When, was, when did we talk about it? Like uh, it, was, it was about it was about two or three episodes ago when it first came out. Yeah, we right. talked about it. We talked about it. I think off 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 podcast, but I'm gonna try it one of these days. I will tell you if you want to and like you want to just t test it out and see if you're into those kind of games anyway. Try the try this this demo out because again it's free for you to play. 
it's not exactly like it would be in the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, but it is very, very similar. So you would at least get an idea of like, am I even interested in these type of games? But I'll tell right. you, in my opinion, they're great. Um, yeah, go check it out. Anyway, thank you guys all for, again, for tuning into the One More Game Podcast. We have a pretty hefty gaming catalog, so we're going to kind of move on. We have PlayStation finally is having some kind of showcase for the summer, even if summer is about to end. EA also shows off a very, and I mean very, early look at Dead Space. Uh, Death Stranding 2 could actually be on the horizon. Tokyo Game Show 2021 schedule is out, and we'll talk all about it, plus... The game that a lot of us are looking forward to, especially Isaac here. Elden Ring previews are out. But that's all coming up on the gaming catalog. But of course, we're going to start off with none other than PlayStation. So we are going to the PlayStation blog. This came out uh, September 2nd. So the day that we're recording this, even though we try to pretend it is Friday. And this is coming from Sid Schumann, the senior director of SIE Content Communications. And he says, you've been awfully patient and we thank you for that and now we're looking forward to showing you what we've been working on tune in next thursday september 9th at 1 p.m pacific which is three o'clock central for us for a look into the future of ps5 the showcase will weigh in at around 40 minutes and include updates from playstation studios and some of the industry's most imaginative developers for games releasing this holiday and beyond and stick around after the presentation to get more updates from some of the studio teams featured in the showcase one thing to note playstation next playstation's next generation of vr won't make any appearance this time but there will still be plenty of great ps5 games from developers large and small we hope you can join us isaac i have to talk to you about this because of course one it's playstation so of course it's going to be on here but two we've been talking about showcases all summer long and we're expecting you know some kind of event you know, around E3 weekend, that didn't happen. That we were like, all right, something's going to come up. And then we had the death loop thing, and it wasn't quite exactly what we were looking for when it came to an actual showcase, but it still sufficed. Then we had EA kind of go through their things, and we're just still like, all right, PlayStation, you got to have something. You got to have something. We finally have something. How hyped are you, Isaac, to hear something from PlayStation? Well, like you said, we, it just it just felt like it was around the corner right it felt like they were gonna do something um so i'm i'm, I'm pretty excited like i'm probably not as excited as you because you have a ps5 uh i don't um but you know it's always exciting to see new games so so i'm pretty excited um hopefully we get you know i'm expecting horizon god of war updates um what i do want to see and what i'm curious to see if they will show it is the last of us factions because mm -hmm. they've said that they're working on it I don't think I, we've heard an update in about six months um, from from for, from Naughty Dog over factions. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I really enjoyed the last of us factions, the multiplayer for the one. Then, you know, we had that um, not leak, but, you know, some data miner uh, posted on YouTube uh, that he, he found files for, you know, like a factions BR mode. Um, I'm assuming that got scrapped. I don't know. So hopefully we get to see that. Um, no VR, you know, it's probably too early for that. Uh, I would like to see the new VR tech that they would have. Um, yeah, I yeah, think that... Probably a few indies, indies and uh, yeah, I think it'll be a good showcase. I think the VR too, like you said, is going to be something... Probably, I would imagine news coming out around like March, April-ish, if it's coming out holiday 2022, 
where then like you know you kind of build up the six months seven months heading into the holiday season to hey you know we showed you this back in march april ish here's you know some further looks and stuff of that nature i agree with you i think right now it's probably a little too early for that um i don't think we're gonna see much of horizon if any at all since we did have that at gamescom we already know it's delayed and we're going to talk about it here in, uh, shortly, but the pre-order for the copies are out as well. So I don't imagine there will be too many updates. God of War, though, I'm right there with you. I think that we should, or at least at the very minimal, have um, the 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 director for God of War come out. Uh, is it Corey, Corey Baylog, if I remember correctly, is the guy who's making God of War? Corey Barlog. Barlog. Um we should have at least have him show up to talk about the game, whether it's a brand new trailer, whether it's a gameplay trailer, you know, whatever, whatever that might be. But God of War should show up in some capacity here. But I'm, I'm really curious because of the, the line here of, you know, games releasing this holiday and beyond. And the reason I'm like so curious on that is, are these going to be any, you know, first party PlayStation studios games or are these just you know again gonna be you know uh multi-platform games that just so happen to be getting the playstation you know presence and maybe it's console you know launch exclusive type thing but you know in that capacity is that some of the things that are coming out or is it they similar to what we're going to talk about way later in the show is it like a third-party game that they've bought the rights to to have right now and that's why I'm curious because I don't, I can't think of a title besides Deathloop, which is coming out, of course, here in a few weeks. What other game might be coming out that is PlayStation exclusive for the holidays, like for the holiday season? And if it's a first party PlayStation, unless I'm just drawing a blank, but I just can't think of that. So I'm really curious because of that nature. And I, I going off of that, one, do you recall any of those? But two, how much does showcases like this help you in, you've talked about it before, about wanting to get a PlayStation at some point. How much do things like this potentially start to speed up that timeline for someone like yourself or our listeners who maybe are still waiting to try to get their hands on a play, uh, PlayStation 5? Uh, I mean, it, it's it's it, as it could because it my biggest thing is I'm waiting for God of War. That's the biggest game that I'm waiting for for PlayStation to get to get in there. But that's that's years away. If they show like some new, which I don't think is going to happen here. If they show some new IP that that shows a lot of really cool gameplay and stuff, um, I jump in there for sure. Uh, Horizon, even though I loved the first game, a lot of what I feel about PlayStation is a lot of their third third person action game or first party games. They feel very similar, so that's why Horizon doesn't do it so much for me. God of War is another one, but I love I love the story in that game. That's that's why I want to jump back in, um, when the, into the PS5 when that comes out. So if they would show me a new IP with really cool gameplay, unique gameplay, I would I would I'd jump back in. Um, but let I don't me, think it's gonna happen. Let me I ask. Think with the, oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say the, the other than what's coming out this holiday, it's not gonna be a first party. Other than than Death, well, Deathloop's not really first party. It's gonna be like Call of Duty, just third party stuff. Yeah, and that's what I, I imagine that's what it is, but it's one of those things, 
I wouldn't be surprised though if PlayStation has something up their their sleeve that again maybe it is made by a third party, but it is PlayStation has bought the rights for that for that to be made. So I use the example right. like Returnal for instance, right? Housemark wasn't a PlayStation studio at the time. I wonder if that's the route that they're going, or did they? Is it going to just be a paid console exclusive for a year and kind of move on from there? That's what I. I guess that's what I'm kind of saying is like because I don't like you're saying I don't think there's a first party studio that's ready to put something out that we already don't know about. You know, we know Horizon's not coming yet. We know God of War is not coming out yet. Uh, Asobo Studio, the the people behind Astrobot, uh, I they haven't even announced i know they're working on something but they haven't even announced that kind of project and they i can't imagine that that would be ready for holiday season especially since they made you know astrobots playroom for playstation 5 as the tech demo like i don't know if i mean i guess maybe if they carried a lot of the assets from that into a title that it could be ready to to ship this holiday season but i just we we've been around following the game industry for so long we know that that would be an extremely quick turnaround to to launch in the only in the holiday season if that was the studio to do it right the only other studio i can think of and it might be yeah like tucson it's just just blue point um but yeah they just put out demon souls it was was it early last year uh it was a launch title or, for playstation okay so that yeah, was so november November of last year. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I mean, we've been hearing rumors about this Metal Gear, you know, remastered. Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2 remastered or something for a while. And it's been rumored to be Blue Point. Um, but that's the only thing. Completely unlikely. I, I don't I don't think that happens at all. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, that's the only other, other thing I can think of. Now, let me ask you this before we go on to the next part of this topic. If you, you were talking about, obviously, you know, if it was a really great title you would jump in earlier than it would be for like god of war to release what if it is a partnered like basically again like a returnal aspect so it's a partnered development by playstation on a like a really cool looking multiplayer game I know that a lot of people feel like PlayStation has neglected multiplayer for a while. Factions, of course, is, you know, one of the titles that could change that. We've already heard some of the partnered announcements at other events earlier in the year, like at Summer Game Fest. I can't remember the name of the studio off the top of my head. And then there's that other one that's coming uh, that was also announced around that time, too. There was the two. I cannot remember the name of them. And But what if one of them is actually closer or ready and they're going to show it here and it's going to like and it also releases come november would that yeah, would I mean, that jump I'm, yeah, but yeah i would have to be really into it right i have to be um something pretty unique i guess um who knows what that would look like but yeah i, I would i would jump in it's just <laughs> the, the question is that if i would be able to get a playstation by the, if 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 that did happen would I be able to get a PlayStation um, this holiday, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty hard to get one. Yeah, no, I, I I totally feel you on that. And I did forget this because I was trying to look up what the name of the uh, the company that was working on those multiplayer games are, and I couldn't find it. But I will just, I guess, make mention, because I did see this, that 
remember back in July, it was uh, said, I think it was by Herman Holst, uh, but that there's 25 PS5 games in development. So there could be uh, one of them that is is closer to coming. Yeah, it was Herman Holst that said it. And uh, the studio, one of the studios that I do remember is Firewalk is the one one of the yeah, ones that is working on mm-hmm. the new multiplayer game. But the, the one that was at Summer Game Fest, I can't remember. It was a brand new studio. But I remember the announcement of the two guys on stage, and they were like, yeah, we're working on a, a project for um, for PlayStation. Um, so with that being said, let's we're going to talk about Horizon Forbidden West real quick, and then I want to mention one other quick thing since it did come out today as well. Um, so... We all know that Horizon uh, Horizon Forbidden West got delayed to February 18th, 2022, but we do now have out there that you can pre-order it, and there are a number of pre-order options for you. Um, I'm going to kind of try to like skim this and talk about it, but we're going back to the PlayStation box. PlayStation blog for Bo De Vries. He is the co- community lead for Gorilla, talking about the various uh, releases. So, um, one of the options you have, of course, is the Cross Digital Deluxe Edition. It's exclusive to the PlayStation Store. Uh, you'll get the game for both PS4 and PS5, a bunch of special outfits and weapons, packs, digital art book, soundtrack, uh, even a called the digital version of the Sunhawk, the first Horizon Zero Dawn graphic novel. There's also the special edition that comes with a steelbook case for your copy of either PS4 or PS5. Of course, this is physical. And you also get uh, some digital content as well as a mini art book. Then, of course, you can order the regular edition. And on top of it, you can get the collector's edition, which the collector's edition uh, is filled with some really cool looking stuff. So one of it is you can get, of course, the digital PS4, PS5, PS4 and PS5 versions, excuse me, the steel book case, which comes with the download code inside of it, which is kind of weird, but oh well. Uh, But this custom sculpted Tremortusk and Alloy statue, um, the mini art book and all the other things that you could get in some of the other modes. Um, and, and yeah, again, there's a, there's a lot of different versions. However, the part that we want to talk about is that for the standard version and one of the other versions, I can't remember, I think it's just the, uh, the digital deluxe version um, or the special edition, that's what it is, the regular and special edition. It is, you have to choose if you want PS4 or PS5. You are not getting a free upgrade but this kind of contradicts what uh, Jim Ryan, the uh, CEO of PlayStation, had said a while back, where that there was going to be a free upgrade path for PS4 and PS5 owners. Isaac, what is your takeaway from one, just the the versions that you can get and some of the uh, you know additions that you can get with the various releases, but about the fact that the dual entitlement as they're calling it is not going to be coming to standard and special editions of for horizon forbidden west i mean it's kind of shitty of them you know and especially in uh in a in a day and age where microsoft is doing you know smart delivery right like you, you buy a game on one console you can just pretty much play it anywhere um all the editions i've never been like a special edition guy in any in any i don't think i've ever bought one 
Um, so if I were, if I had a PS4 and I wanted to buy Horizon and I wanted to experience them both on both consoles, right? I would be forced to buy, you know, one of the more expensive, uh, expensive editions. So it it kind of sucks, you know. Um, I understand it's a business or whatever, but it, just just charge the ten dollars, right? Like just like if if you have it, if you own it already, and then you get a PS Five and you want it on the PS Five, just char- just charge the ten dollars for an upgrade. That's that, that's the bare minimum you can do. I mean, you it would, well the bare minimum you can do is give it out for free, but don't don't force people to buy in a special edition especially if it's going to be you know if you want it for both right now you, you're paying 20 dollars, right for the upgrade mm-hmm. um essentially um so i mean it, it's kind of shitty of them um just you know just copy smart delivery even even steal the buzzword if you have to <laughs> steal the buzzword <laughs> <laughs> no i so this is the first one i will say that i i'm i'm really in agreement with you so like with um with ghost of tsushima I wasn't opposed to the fact that you, to get your version from PS4 up to PS5, you got to pay a little bit extra. And for uh, Death Stranding, it was the same way. Like, I I wasn't opposed to that because my mindset was, well, the game came out originally for PlayStation 4, and now they're releasing a PS5 version. You should have to pay, you know, just to get those extra assets because they worked hard on making those extra assets. However, with Horizon Forbidden West, I really did feel that it was going to be a you buy a PS4 version, you get the PS5 version, or you know, vice versa, you get the PS5 version, you got the PS4 version with it, because of the fact that one, it's a release that was already announced, like that's being made with the PlayStation 5. So it's like it's not like the copies are coming out at different times like Ghost of Tsushima did and like Death Stranding. They're coming out at the same time, but also because of that quote from Jim Ryan that he had said prior to it, that you you will have a free upgrade. And, you know, the the uh, cynical side of me is like, well, like technically, yeah, you do have a free upgrade if you buy the, you know, more expensive versions. And like you said, like in a sense, I guess I'm, again, just trying to play devil's, devil's advocate with myself. If you're paying for some of these extra versions like the Digital Deluxe and some of these other ones, uh, the Digital Deluxe, I don't know what the prices are for these ones just yet, but uh, I'm, you know, I guess in a sense, it might be the same price as it would have been for trying to buy um, you know, the upgrade for like Ghost of Tsushima type of thing. I could be way off on that, but I'm just speaking out loud. But now not trying to be the cynical side, I'm right there with you. You shouldn't be forced to pay for the deluxe editions or any of these other collector's editions, which you know the the definitely the collector's edition and this this regalia edition is going to be upwards of a hundred dollars plus it's going to be like two hundred dollars or something you shouldn't have to pay those things to try and get the ps4 and ps5 version and i know that in these regalia and the collector's editions where you get the statues and stuff it's that expensive because you're getting the extra things but still in the digital deluxe edition you're getting some extra things but you're still having to pay extra to just get both copies so i'm i will admit i'm really taken uh taken aback by this and i don't like it I I really like PlayStation. As many know, like I grew up with a PlayStation, so like technically I'm a PlayStation fanboy, but I also as a journalist and a reporter uh set my biases aside when I see these things. 
And this was one of the first ones that I really felt like when I read it, I didn't have to try to set a bias aside. I just was like, this is stupid. Like, this is just outright dumb. And I hope that they do some kind of clarification later where it is what you're saying. It's going to be like Ghost of Tsushima or Death Stranding where it is maybe you got to pay $10 to get the, the PS5 version. I would be more okay with that than forcing somebody to get the deluxe edition, which you know will likely be $20, $30 extra, and going up from there when it comes to these other editions. It just doesn't make sense to me. And it sucks because there's going to be people that that don't keep up with you know gaming news, and they're going to buy Horizon on the PS4, right, the standard edition. Then they're going to get a PS5 when, whenever they can, and they're going to be like, oh, I wonder how this game looks on you know my PS5. And they're going to go and try and boot it up, and it's going to, you know, it's 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 not going to allow them to it's going to just probably pop up the the store you know like the 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 horizon store page for you to buy it again um and some people will buy it and, and, and sony knows that and that's why that's why they're doing it well um, i will tell you they they can still play the ps4 version on their ps5 true it will true. it'll just be the ps4 version and like obviously like some faster loading times because of the ssd but true. that's about it so like some people like you what you were kind of alluding to though is they're going to boot it up and they're going to look at the game and they're going to be like, this doesn't look much different than what I saw before. Or they're going to just be very confused. Or they might even boot it up and just be like, this doesn't look good for a PS5 game. Right. And they're not going to realize that, yeah, they're playing the PS4 version. Right. Just charge $10 on the upgrade. Come on. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Or, or like uh, Imran Khan said on Twitter, and I, I follow him, I really like him, just eat the cost, Sony. In this, yeah. for Horizon, yeah. <laughs> for Horizon, eat the cost. It will benefit you. Yep, I I agree. I, the only reason I say if you really have to Sony, I just charge the ten dollars. But yeah, this should be this should be a free upgrade. Oh no, I agree with you, and I and I knew what you were saying. It's like you know, at right. the, if you have to charge ten dollars, I totally agree. I was just yep. taking it the step further that I knew both of you were both of us were thinking. Just in this instance, for Horizon, eat the cost. You already yep. know it's going to sell like hotcake. You already know people are going to go bananas over it. Just eat the cost. Even if that means, like, I will personally say, and as much as I disagree with, as much as I actually disagree with this, but I would be okay if this was the sentiment they did. Charge the $70 for the PS5 and PS4 version. You know what I mean? Don't do this whole $10 difference that they keep doing with the PS4 and PS5 just to, like, you know, pricing it. If you want to to make sure that you give you can that every person gets the upgrade regardless, charge seventy dollars for PS4 and PS5 oh, version. Fine. Then they get both versions and everyone's happy. They're still going to be upset that they had to pay extra, but I think at the end of the day, <laughs> people won't be like, "Wow, I got to spend you know a hundred and thirty dollars to get the PS4 and PS5 version if I want it." Just do the seventy dollars yeah. if that's at the yeah. very least. Uh, one last thing I just want to bring up, and we don't have to actually talk about it, but um, again, also coming out is uh, PlayStation Now is going to actually have five Final Fantasy games coming to the service starting this month. I'm uh, not going to read it uh, verbatim, but over the next months all the way into January 2022, uh, PlayStation Now is going to be adding Final Fantasy games to the service. This is actually uh, something essentially similar to what's going on with Game Pass. Game Pass has a lot of these Final Fantasy games uh, currently, and they're about to get Final Fantasy 13. But 
uh, for PlayStation Now. Final Fantasy VII, the original, I should say, or the PS4 version, I guess I should say, of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, it's coming out September 7th. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII Remastered is coming out October 5th. Final Fantasy IX on November 2nd. Final Fantasy XX2 HD or 1010 HD Remaster is coming out December 7th. And then Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age, will be joining the service on January 4th. Uh, I guess just out of curiosity, have you ever played any of these, Isaac? No, I've played Final Fantasy XIII. That's, that's the only Final Fantasy game I've ever played. Well, and I, didn't, I didn't beat it. <laughs> Okay, I, I take back what I was about to say. Uh, you're off the podcast. Anyways, we're moving on. Uh, now we're going over to uh, The Verge to talk a little bit about Dead Space Remake. Uh, this is coming from uh, Addy Roberts, Robertson. And it this comes off of EA showing off a little bit, or ex- a little bit, but an extremely early version of Dead Space. So when EA announced it was remaking Dead Space, it wasn't clearly, it wasn't, really clear what remake meant would the company be completely rebooting the beloved space horror series or would it be more like a remaster that upgrades the original 13 year old graphics um the star wars squadron studio ea motive offered a little bit more detail in interviews but it was still hard to gauge what the remake would actually accomplish now the dead space remake developers have helped fill in some of those gaps motive held a live streamed twitch session with members of the studio creative team showing off extremely early footage demonstrating how the gameplay and level design could work uh, we still don't actually have a release date i know uh, just to refresh memory we read it off last week there is a rumor it's going to be late 2022 but both me and isaac don't really feel that's or wait wasn't it late this year I don't think it was. Either way, we don't know what it is, but uh, it's not coming out just yet. Uh, What we do know, here are some of the highlights, and I'm going to just read the bullet points, and then we're going to talk about it, because I know you haven't played Dead Space, and I, myself, have only played a little bit of the first Dead Space, but Isaac Clark will talk, and he's getting a familiar voice actor, so the original Dead Space uh, had engineer Isaac Clark as a silent protagonist, but... Every game after that had the voice actor, and that voice actor was Gunnar Wright, and Gunnar Wright appeared on the EA live stream and confirmed he's coming back for the remakes. However, just to also clarify this, it doesn't mean all of a sudden they're going to be speaking all over the place. What it says for rules for Isaac's dialogue is, one, Isaac will primarily only speak when he is spoken to, and two, Isaac will sometimes speak in a situation where it would feel weird if he remained silent. Uh, two, dismemberment is going to be more complicated. So in the past, if those that don't know, uh, in in Dead Space, you had this like nail gun essentially that you could use to actually shoot off the body parts of the zombies. So in the live stream, it features some of the early renderings of the game's uh, necromorphs, and they seem affected by weapons in a more detailed and convincing uh, basically re- almost kind of realistic way, but not fully. Uh, the new system includes limbs whose flesh gets stripped off as you shoot them, helping you gauge how much damage you've done. It's got weak points that feel more organic than the original game's big glowing joints. So it's there, but it's not. It's going to be a little bit harder than it was before. Uh, there are no microtransactions. Uh, the game aims to flesh out side characters, and there's some other things about this. Isaac, I've been rambling a lot about this, but how did you feel hearing some of these uh, these looks and and getting a, a better look at Dead Space remake? Uh, I think it's cool. I think it's cool that we see it, you know, in this early of a stage. I don't know if we've ever seen a game. Um 
this early in development, right? Like, if you look at the picture, um, it's just, you know, you got Isa, you got the little alien dude, and then it's just like a white room with a couple squares, like no textures. Yes. It's like super early. It, like, I don't know if we've ever seen a game um, giving us updates like this. And I hope that, you know, throughout their their development, they give us periodic updates and then we get to see it progress, right? That'll be cool. Um, I don't know if that would happen or if EA will allow that. But uh, just to clarify, I did play Dead Space 1. Ooh. I played a little bit of it. And I played probably an hour until a really scary part happened and I stopped playing. <laughs> um, but I did. I do remember the dismemberment um, mechanics because I remember booting it up because a friend let me borrow it. And I was like, oh, okay, let me try this, whatever. And I put it on and I'm I'm trying to click heads. You know what I'm saying? Like my aim is impeccable. I was, I was headshotting these aliens left and right, right? But they weren't dying. <laughs> I was like, what the hell's going on? And then you got to shoot their arms and legs or whatever. And that's how they die. Um, so it, it's cool seeing that they're going to uh, double down on that and and improve upon that uh no microtransactions it's weird that in this day and age that has to be an announcement right i know uh, but yeah and then the zero they mentioned zero gravity the original voice actors back um which which is i'm sure the fans will love that um uh, but yeah i think it's great and like i said i hope we keep seeing periodic updates of this game my, I, I would like to see how how that would how would my, turn out my first big question was why didn't they call you to be the voice actor your name's isaac you should have been in this <laughs> Um, but I'll, no, I'll, I'll for for the, for the sequel. Don't worry. <laughs> it sounds good. But yeah, I I liked what I saw from again, like you said, it's a very early uh, build, but it looks cool. And I like what exactly what you said too. I like the fact that we're seeing it so early, even in this these early stages, because it not only does a good job showing what the game is aiming to be i guess but it also helps people get an even better grasp of just like the way the world's shape in video game development because i don't think everyone actually that pays attention to video games closely even knows just like the effort that goes into making some of these video games so seeing it like this like you said it's just like it's isaac the the alien guy the necromorph as they call him and then you know the the white room with like a bridge and some boxes it looks like essentially but no textures no no details to it and stuff and so it kind of just allows people to be like wow this room at some point we will actually play this room and it's going to look completely different like 100 different and just like where it took to get from this photoshop this photo to the game is going to be kind of like mind-blowing or at least in my opinion it usually is uh when you think about how far the game gets developed but yeah no release date yet but uh go check it out the the stream is of course uh archived so you can go watch it uh on demand and check out what was all talked about and of course go check out the verges article to get more details on those things uh one thing that is coming out way sooner than of course dead space is death stranding director's cut but those who are fans of death stranding and want more death stranding outside of director's cut you might be in luck so we're going to the gamer for this article this is coming from stephanie minor and it is norman reedus says another death stranding game quote is in negotiations uh Going from the article, Norman Reedus, known for his role of Daryl Dixon in the, the Walking Dead and Sam Porter Bridges from Death Stranding, recently shared some insight on another Death Stranding game with a reporter from uh, Adoro Cinema. IGN Brazil, a partner site to Adoro Cinema, quotes Reedus as saying, quote, I think we're doing a second Death Stranding. The game is in negotiations right now, so 
Yay. Uh, this could potentially be huge news for Death Stranding fans, though nothing has been confirmed yet in any kind of official capacity. It is also not totally clear if Redis is just possibly referring to the director's cut version of Death, Death Stranding, which is coming out later this month. Uh, you know, of course, this is something that I think a lot of people are going to be polarized about because Death Stranding did sell really well and was for the most part, reviewed fairly well and has a huge fo following. But some people, it, of course, <laughs> was not the game that they were expecting uh, from uh, Hideo Kojima. So, one, I have to ask you, Isaac, because I haven't played Death Stranding, but one, have you played Death Stranding? And two, how excited are you, if this is true, that PlayStation could be investing in a second Death Stranding for Hideo Kojima? So I own Death Stranding, and I've played about... I don't know, an hour and a half, two hours maybe. I enjoyed what I played, but you know, it's it's just it's Kojima, just you know, just being Kojima. <laughs> it's just I have no idea what's going on in that world. Um, but yeah, I'm planning to to to, to see it all the way through because, like you said, people really the people that did play it really enjoyed that game. Um, but yeah, it, it is weird that he just kind kind of just said it yeah. <laughs> like, it could be that he's confused over the director's cut i don't know but it is it is kind of weird that he's just like oh yeah i mean you know there's a sequel you know on the way whatever um be, being that he's an actor i'm sure he should he should kind of just know right that don't talk about projects that are not officially I, announced yet see here's it's, what, it's just weird here's what i think this is this is me trying to be big-brained about it but like this is what i think is that norman reedus may not be like an actual video gamer so he might not follow like video game news closely and i have a feeling that maybe he thought the director's cut announcement was the announcement for death stranding 2 and that's why he slipped up right but he says negotiating like they're negotiating that's the one i was like mm. so it might be like so that's what i'm saying is i think like they're probably negotiating in um in just like finalizing terms like I got you. And so, okay. like, I feel like he probably thought that 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 the Death Stranding director's cut was the announcement, <laughs> even though that was obviously the PS5 version. And he's just like, "Oh yeah, like, it's out there, so cool, I could talk about it." And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be. I could see it as well. Um, I, yeah, I, mean, I mean, of course, it's hard. Cool. It's hard yeah, to say. It'll be, it'll be cool if there's a Death Stranding too. Um, I still don't like that it's called the director's cut. By the way, it's just Kojima is the director. Why is there a director's cut? I've 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 talked to you about this before. Uh, I will try to make it very quickly. But remember, director's cut doesn't necessarily mean someone else is making it. It is basically the content. It is the content that Kojima would have wanted it to be if it if it was released originally with his vision. So essentially, the idea is like. You always have, you know, a higher party. So think of it like in a movie, right? You have the studio that's actually publishing the movie. They may need you to cut things to keep it within a certain time frame or to get it out the door within a certain, uh, you know, time sensitivity, I guess I should say. And so, like, the director's cut usually just is an indicator of if I was given, you know, all the time to do it, this is what I wanted. This is so like, you with all think, the extra scenes. You don't think – you think Sony told Kojima no on some things? No, I wouldn't say I don't think he – well, I guess let me say it that first. Sony may have done it because Sony is Sony, right? You know, I know Hideo Kojima, Kojima. is is <laughs> – I know Hideo Kojima is obviously a very, very well-known and respected and carries a lot in his name. But it is also Sony, right? Like 
Sony at some point, just like just like Universal Studios, right? And it comes to Steven Spielberg, like Universal Studios at some point is going to be like, yo, you're going to have to do these things. Well, this is what I think. Sorry, just to to sum it up, my thing is I think is what was probably happening was that Sony was just like, hey, we got to hit this deadline or whatever. And so when it came to that time, Kojima had to cut things to make sure it hit that time frame. Still make it a great game, right? But it was still like maybe a couple of missions here, a couple of extra things here, maybe some side character stories that would have helped flesh out the world had to be cut to make that time frame. And now he's adding it in. I think Sony saw the buzzword director's cut with the whole Snyder cut thing that happened with the Justice League. They were like, oh, that's a cool buzzword. Just slap on director's cut on a bunch of our games, <laughs> and that's what they're doing. I don't think we see that 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 term has kind of died down a little bit. I don't think we see any more director's I, cut. I feel like so I could be wrong, but I feel like before even the Snyder cut, I I had heard director's cut several times. Actually, yeah, there's the Resident Evil director's cut. The first game was Resident Evil director's cut. So, like director's cut's been used for a while. Yeah, now. but I'm talking, about, you know, they got Ghost and now. Um, yeah, and Death uh, Stranding. And, and, and Death Stranding now. All right, we got to move on. We're yeah, on. yeah, we got to move on. So anyways, uh, go, speaking about just games and stuff, we're going to skip one article. We're going to save that for last, but we're going to go to the Tokyo Game Show 2021 schedule. Has been announced. We're going to IGN for this. This is coming from Jared Moore. The full Tokyo Game 20 Show 2021 schedule has been revealed, and among other panels, the team at Xbox has teased that it will be sharing some exclusive news and content during its showcase. Starting on September 30th, the Tokyo Game Show is set to see out the month with a weekend packed full of content and showcases which will carry fans into october in anticipation the tgs has announced its full schedule for this year's conference including an xbox panel that is slated to share some exclusive news uh just to really quickly read their snippet it says quote jump in and join xbox as we bring our gaming ecosystem gaming to the world um, we have some exclusive news and content to share and tokyo game show 2021 is our stage of course, while it's unclear what those announcements may be, uh, the schedule for Xbox's stream says it's going to last around 50 minutes. Uh, there's a bunch of other uh, parties there. I encourage you to go read the IGN article, but I already know you're excited for any kind of showcase, but I do got to ask you, are you excited for a TGS showcase? Like, do you tune into those? I watch them live because they're usually overnight, right? Like, I mean, or yeah. really early in the morning. They're, they're pretty. So I watch them live, but yeah, I, I, I catch up on them. Um, so yeah, I'm, ex- I'm like, like you said, I'm always excited for, uh, game showcases. Also, I think it's funny because you know I was working and you send me the, you know, like the outline or the, the rundown or whatever. Yeah. And I, I, I only skimmed through it because of work, and I just noticed that you put hype level nine thousand on here for Final Heck. Fantasy. 16. Heck yeah, because that's what I was about to say. Yes, I love. I actually love um, TGS because me being an RPG fan and me being a JRPG yeah, that fan, makes sense. Uh, this is where like most of the JRPGs usually get announced and shown off. So I'm extremely excited. But of course, on top of it, it has been like rumored for a while that Final Fantasy 16 will be reappearing here at TGS. And I'm going to read this real quick. Square Enix has said that its exhibit will show off, quote, the latest news about our upcoming titles along with pre-announced information. And last month, IGN had reported that Final Fantasy 16 producer Naoki Yoshida said that he'd like to show off something for the upcoming game at TGS, but admitted that he was unsure whether the team would meet the deadline. So I totally understand that they might not have met the deadline. But if it is Final Fantasy 16, and if any of you guys remember watching my stream when they showed off Final Fantasy 16 for the first time, 
I am a huge Final Fantasy fan. I can't wait. And hopefully, hopefully it's there. I'm, I'm, I guess, like, I'm setting my expectations wow. that they didn't meet the deadline. But if it is there, yo, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, but what if they do show it and then the game doesn't come out for seven years, you know? Doesn't and then matter then, to me. It could be a completely doesn't different game. Doesn't matter to me, man. Final Fantasy is just so weird to me, but okay. Dude, I uh, but, uh, love it. On the Xbox side, I mean... Fifty minutes is, you know, that's that's a pretty lo- a, a lot of time for a showcase. Um, are they? You probably know better than me. Are they traditionally at TGS? No, no. Okay, so this is is this the first time ever? Or is it just that I don't know the... that. So okay. I was trying to look that that up. If if this is the first time Xbox is there, but traditionally okay. this traditionally TGS has always been more of uh of the um the Eastern developers and stuff so like konami bandai namco of course square enix uh and then sony right like this is usually like their kind of thing so it it, that's why if you thought it was cool or like you know important to kind of announce that xbox is going to be there too so i know xbox has been trying to get more of the um you know eastern audience uh the asian audience into the xbox ecosystem especially you know using fantasy star online they're the ones who brought that over to the west after so many years of not being here so i'm actually really excited to see what is xbox gonna pull out do they have some exclusive jrpgs maybe coming to their system i mean they have some some great jrpgs on game pass uh you know just to name a few uh yakuza like a dragon and tales of Vesperia definitive edition but um what else could be on the radar what else is coming you know Oh, by the way, Final Fantasy games are on Game Pass as well, but also coming to PlayStation now, so keep that in mind. Um, Real quick, because we are going heavy, but I do wanted to bring this up because I think a lot of people are happy about this. Uh, Elden Ring previews are out. I'm going to read one of them. This is from Polygon Michael McWherter, and it says Elden Ring might be from Software's Breath of the Wild. Now, Isaac, I do got to ask just real quick, and you just keep it really, really brief. Uh, how, did you, are you still playing Breath of the Wild, or did you give up on it? Uh, I haven't given up on it, but I'm I'm definitely gonna go back. But I haven't been playing, so it's on the shelf um, right now. It's on the shelf, but okay. yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get back in there. All right. So, but going back to the article from Software's Elden Ring, at first blush, looks sort a sort of super Dark Souls, a spiritual continuation of the action RPG series in a vast, vaguely familiar fantasy world of sword and sorcery, but. The developer of staunchly challenging games like Bloodborne and Sekiro Shadows Die Twice is attempting something grander with Elden Ring. Um, So there's a lot of details. We're not going to be able to go through all of this. But some of the ones that I want to kind of uh, hit on is, first, the the land is so massive that for the first time, the game, uh, a From Software Souls game, I should say, is going to have an in-game map. Uh, so that's something to remember, to keep in mind. Before, players always had to just memorize the world. Uh, but now you're actually going to have an in-game map. That also is going to have some place markers on the map that you can use for guidance. Uh, they're having densely packed uh, uh, dungeons and encounters all across the land as well. Um, yeah, I can't, can't really go into all these details. Please go read this article. But, Isaac, how excited are you for, one, the previews coming out, and two, Elden Ring uh, just hearing it could be, you know, Breath of the Wild like. Right. Yeah. Um. I mean, I didn't need to be sold anymore on this game, right? Like, 
it just looks i think it looks great like from soft they're just best in class at monster design right like what the hell is going on in their heads over there like those <laughs> artists heads right like, yeah i know right what, like, what the hell are y'all <laughs> you know but they're, they're best in class at that um hearing that it's open world i mean yeah that's i always enjoyed um the level design that 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 FromSoft games have it's always like a oh man i'm gonna you know i'm gonna go through here and then i'm running low on you know health vials or, or flasks or whatever and then you know like i don't know if i can make it to that next area oh but the, oh there's a lantern right there thank god you know like and, and their level design is great so seeing seeing that it's open world it's gonna be um a, a different but hopefully you know they can carry over um the same quality of level design into the open world but yeah i mean I, I'm sold. I, I don't. I don't need to be. You can stop talking about Elden Ring now, and I'll, I'll still pre-order it. And I don't even pre-order games, you know. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now. You, anyone that is like you, and I'm actually really excited for Elden Ring as well. Don't have to wait long because January 21st, 2022, the game will be coming out. However, if you want a game sooner than that, I'm gonna tell you about games that are releasing this week, and we're going starting with today. Friday, September 3rd, we have Big Rumble Boxing Creed Champions for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Golf Club Wasteland for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. The Medium for PS5. Kataria Fables, PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and Switch. I accidentally put PS4 twice, but PS5 and PS4. Uh, on Tuesday, September 7th, we have Fist, Forged in Shadow Torch for PS5 and PS4. Sonic Colors Ultimate, PS4, P Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt for PC. Uh, Wednesday, September 8th, Final Fantasy IV Pixel Remaster for P PC, iOS, and Android. Thursday, September 9th, Blood Rain Betrayal Fresh Bites for PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. The Artful e Escape for Xbox One and PC. Friday, September 10th, we have Inked A Tale of Love for PS4 and Xbox One. Kraken Academy for PC. Life is Strange True Colors, PS5, Xbox One, PS4, Xbox One, or Xbox Series, Xbox One, Switch, Stadia, PC. I accidentally wrote on that one, Xbox One, twice. <laughs> Lost in Random, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. NBA 2K22, PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Port Royale 4 for PS5 and Xbox Series. Tales of Arise, PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And to wrap it up, WarioWare, get it together for Switch. Isaac, are you excited for any of these? No, not really. Maybe the what? vampire, the blood hunt. Because I told you I'd play with you. That's about it. Yeah, <laughs> buddy. Dude, there's so many games on this list. Like this week, yeah. this week reminds me essentially of how difficult these next few months are going to be when it comes to game yeah. purchases. Because I got to make sure that, you know, it's like I, I, I could be married. I can't just go and spend all my money on vi buying video games, right? I mean, you know, you my can. my my you know I mean? lovely my lovely wife who listens and supports the podcast every every week. I love you so much, but she knows it, right? And she told you first thing. I got to run all my game purchases by her. So like this week, just to give you an idea, Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt. Thankfully, that is free, so I don't have to pay for that. But just off of that, Life is Strange True Colors, I'm buying it for her because she loves Life is Strange, and Life is Strange is actually really good. Tales of Arise, I'm super excited for. I want to pick that up. NBA 2K22, I'm on the fence, because, but I do love NBA games. But Fist looks really great. Um, you know, it, it's like when I look at this list, I'm like, all right, I already have a few of those. Lost in Random looks amazing. That's the uh, EA indie original game that's coming from... Uh, 
I can't even remember what the name of the indie studio is, but that looks great. So, you know, I look at this and I'm already like, all right, there's these. And I have we have Deathloop coming up. And then we have uh, in November, I have Shin Megami Tensei 5. And just I'm just like, oh, man, here we go again. Here we go again. The holiday season where my wallet really starts to hurt and my wife is really mad at me from buying too many games. But that's all coming up later on. We are about to wrap up this episode. Isaac, is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with? Um, no, I mean, I'm like, I'm gonna get you some more responsibilities in the next raid we do, Jeremy. All right, oh boy, all right, I you guess the pressure is on. All right, pressure's on. I'll put on my big boy pants and I'll try to carry <laughs> as much as I can. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for tuning into the One More Game podcast here. I do want to give you guys a little bit of a programming note next week. I will be out on vacation, so. You guys don't have to worry. We will still have an episode up. It just won't be like this when it comes to talking about video game news. We are going to have a special edition episode going up next Friday. So tune in next Friday and find out what exactly we are talking about. Let me give you a hint. Isaac is going to talk about his favorite game, and it's likely Destiny 2. I'm just going to tell you right now. (laughs) <laughs> that's coming up as, uh, next week regardless of whatever we're talking about he's going to talk about destiny 2 but you can look forward to that next week everyone be in there everyone thank you so much again for tuning into the one more game podcast i'm one of your co-hosts jeremy culver aka darcy this has been texas's most wanted isaac campos and we really enjoy bringing this to you stay hydrated stay healthy stay safe and as always keep on gaming we'll see you guys on the next episode